The Chargers have made their first big move of the offseason, deciding to fire offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi, but now it's going to be so important for Justin Herbert's future for them to find the right replacement. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making this your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. And we have big news today, David, because we are reacting to the Chargers deciding to release Joe Lombardi, their offensive coordinator, and also Shane Day and why they ended up doing. We both think it was the right decision. We're going to get into where this offense failed Justin Herbert over the last couple of years and why the Chargers had to make this move. But we're also going to talk about why maybe the most important thing the Chargers have to do this offseason is get their replacements right. The Chargers need to get this right around Justin Herbert, who's just had a carousel of different coaches coaching him all the way back in his time at Oregon. They have to get this one right, especially with Brandon Staley's future himself being a little bit uncertain, right? So we're going to get into that and also talk about one of the hottest names out there to replace Joe Lombardi, and that is Frank Reich, a familiar face. Should the Chargers reunite with Frank Reich? We're going to talk about that. But today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online where the game starts. David, maybe it's not as much as people wanted. And we know now Brandon Staley is safe. There will probably be, be some more firings, potentially. Michael Wilhoyt, their linebackers coach, also reportedly got fired later on in the day. So we're not sure what the full extent of this is. But what we know now is Joe Lombardi is gone. What was your reaction to that? I mean, to me, that was kind of the bare minimum of what they could do as far as trying to do something different next year and you know, with Brandon Staley still involved. Yeah, with kind of just the expectation of understanding that Brandon Staley was going to stay on as head coach, you knew that I think this was the most likely move that was going to occur. We knew that, you know, there were some rumblings out there that the Chargers were not very happy with how Joe Lombardi was calling plays and how the offense had looked. Understandably so. I mean, you, you see all the, the offensive talent that the Chargers have at their just at their disposal and you know you have two 20 plus million dollar wide receivers you have a guy that just absolutely lives in the end zone in Austin Eckler and you got a golden arm quarterback in, in Justin Herbert and you just expect so much more than what was given and yeah injuries were definitely part of the equation and I'm sure that factored into the decision but you look at the overall body of work and I just think to myself I expected a lot more than what we got it is unfair to him, of course. He lost a lot of his best weapons, and last year they had a pretty good offense, right? Fourth in yeah. yards, fifth in points per game, third in passing yards, 21st in rushing, so they weren't at least terrible. It wasn't as bad for them. And this year, all of those dropped off a cliff, right? I mean, at least as far as running game, 30th yeah. in the NFL, points per game, 13th dropping eight spots, yards per game dropping five spots to nine this year. I mean, they went down especially in the advanced metrics who didn't love them to begin with last year, even when they were putting up some top five numbers. Yeah. A lot of things had to go right for the Chargers to have that season in 2021 offensively. And Justin Herbert put up a borderline MVP campaign that year and just yeah. didn't make the playoffs for a lot of reasons. But 
it wasn't sustainable. And there was always some kind of problems with it. There was times when we would see it stall out. There was times where it felt predictable. It felt safe. It felt conservative. And most importantly, it just didn't feel creative. And that's what you want to see around Justin Herbert, who this year had 18% of his throws behind the line of scrimmage, which was 11th most among qualified quarterbacks, ranked 40th out of 42 players in throws between 10 and 19 yards for those who had at least 20 dropbacks and 20 attempts during that range. And 43 out of 47 in average depth of target for anyone with 100 dropbacks. There's only 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. He ranked 43rd out of 47 people. You can look at other guys and say, hey, Mahomes was 34th. Burrow was 38th, right? Those aren't high numbers either. There's still only 32 quarterbacks. But at least those guys have the weapons to kind of utilize that type of offense if you're going to run that. The Chargers didn't really. And there was just a lack of explosiveness, which is why I think this move had to be made. Yeah, I mean, 22nd in yards per play, only 5.6. Like, that's that's unacceptable. 18th in red zone scoring percentage. I mean, with those guys, and, and I mean, I think that's one of the things that, that really showed itself to me to be very clear is the red zone play calling was so bad, so vanilla, so predictable, and you didn't utilize the weapons that you did have. How many times did we get on the show and say, why are they not throwing it to Mike Williams in the red zone? Why are they not featuring Gerald Everett? Why are they not getting Donald Parham Jr. opportunities to win one-on-ones in the red zone? It's a mismatch. Why are we not elevating and accentuating those mismatches where, you know, if you turn a mismatch, you know, you you highlight that, that turns into, into points. That turns into touchdowns for you. And I feel like that's one of the things we really, really did not see. And and just and also just overall balance. You talked about it. Third in passing but 30th against the run that makes Justin Herbert's job so much more difficult when you don't get any kind of production 30th in yards per rush 3.7. That's just, it's bad. It's really, really bad. And I mean, it, 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 it offsets a little bit because Austin Eckler is so dynamic at scoring yeah. touchdowns, but the overall body of work, Daniel, it was not good enough. And the balance really, I mean, I guess the, the, the lack of balance really showed itself, especially this year. Yeah. And I mean, the offense obviously was still better than the defense when things were all said and done, right? Sure. And we'll have those conversations, and we've talked about Staley already. But this is just about the offensive side of things here and just about being around Justin Herbert, and it just wasn't good enough. I mean, how many wide-open throwing windows did you see Justin Herbert throwing into? Not when many. things got tough in the red zone, on third down, on fourth down, everyone caught on because it was the same type of play, spacing and stick and all of the things that – were at least part of the reason that Justin Herbert was getting so many balls batted down was yeah. just because the timing of all those things were so predictable that everybody knew it was coming. It led to a lot of forced completions and tip balls that ended up in interceptions. It just wasn't good enough. It wasn't creative enough. And I just think that there wasn't enough opportunities for receivers, right? Getting into yards after the catch situations. That's we barely sure. really saw that. The screen game was terrible, terrible yeah. running game. Something had to change. And Shane Day also gets fired as well, right? And his, you know, it's harder to quantify what he was doing with this team and what exactly he has to take responsibility for with Justin Herbert over the last two years. Yeah. I think Justin Herbert maybe didn't make the jump that you'd want to see where it's, okay, now we're talking about him all the time with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and really just, you know, getting into that generational player type of category in the last two years. But it's yeah. hard to say he's gotten a lot worse. I don't think he's gotten a lot worse, and it's hard to tell with the rib injury and stuff like that this year. Right. But also, it wasn't something that was totally jumping off the page, right? I mean, he was the passing game coordinator. We had a lot of frustration 
with the passing game and all of that. So it's kind of hard to separate what each of these guys was doing. So with Shane Day, it could be partially collateral damage, but at the same time, there's no few things that you can stick out and be like, this is why he made Justin Herbert so much better. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if this is a situation to where, hey, Joe Lombardi is the offensive coordinator. That did not work. And Shane Day really has kind of similar philosophies to Joe Lombardi. So it's really hard to be able to say, hey, I'm going to stick with, you know, the QB coach and get rid of the coordinator when those philosophies are too similar. I mean, how is he? Yeah, I mean, they came from different coaching trees. But at the same time, I think the one thing is with those two guys specifically is what were they doing for each other, right? What were their exact, like what, what did he play in what we saw from the Chargers offense this year, right? Because he comes yeah. from a Shanahan coaching tree. Now, obviously, Joe Lombardi is from Sean Payton, right? But like, what was he bringing to the table from that, from those Shanahanian, from these, you know, Sean McVay type of offenses? Yeah, I mean, that that's that's exactly the point there. Is how, how do you even quantify what he brought to the table? But I just look at this offense in, and, you know, elements of it has to change. And that means those people that are uh, important in making the decisions on how the offense is formulated needs to be uprooted and changed. So I think that was probably part of this decision. Obviously, you never like to see anybody lose their jobs. But this is a what have you done for me lately results based business in the NFL. And if you don't get those results, then they're going to try to find somebody who will and the thing is too is when they do bring in an offensive coordinator maybe like i think this is what you're kind of getting at too they want to bring in their own quarterback coach or somebody who's better at installing their philosophy and their schemes and stuff like that so like yes you want to kind of have the flexibility to bring someone in and if you are changing offenses bring in someone else who's going to better help you implement that right but i'll tell you one thing better be a heck of a pitch that whoever this offensive coordinator is is giving Brand Staley and Tom Telesco and all of these guys because they have a very, very attractive position available with Justin Herbert and the chance to stand next to that dude for a year and potentially just leapfrog yourself into the top of the head coaching line if Justin Herbert balls out, which he probably will in 2023. So we're going to talk about that and why this is maybe the most important move the Chargers have to make and get right this offseason. But I first have to tell you guys about a new app that I've been really geeked about, and it's Ultimate Football GM. And Ultimate Football GM, this is the perfect time to play it because it's the offseason. It's where you get to go through and do all the things that you would do if you were a general manager in the NFL. So if you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise, well, your dream can come true with this game because in this game, you hire the right coaches and coordinators for your team, you trade players, you make draft picks, and you have to navigate your franchise through the roller coaster of an NFL season. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's definitely it's some crazy things happen in it. You're going to be throwing some curveballs. You don't know what all comes with being an NFL GM. You'll learn some of that in this game. And Locked On Chargers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On, all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps. So make sure to check it out today to download the app. Just go to ultimategm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. David, this is a big-time move for the Chargers for a couple of different reasons. But to me, it's hard to not be at least a little bit nervous about the Chargers having to make a decision this big, considering the circumstances they're in. And I think when you talk about that conversation, you talk about what does this mean for Justin Herbert and how hard is it for Justin Herbert to keep having to change and to adapt to new offenses and how much can he grow if the offenses keep changing around him, right? And that was the story through his entire collegiate career, three head coaches, four offensive coordinators, and four years at Oregon. 
Now he's about to enter his fourth season in the NFL, David, and he's already going to have his third offensive coordinator, right, in four seasons. So it's just you have to get it right. You can't keep this carousel going. All Charger fans have to be not only on board with whoever they hire here and hoping this dude works out and can build something with Justin Herbert, but also hope that Brandon Staley can work out as well because that could have implications on new offensive coordinators in the future. Yeah, not only do they need to get this right for Justin Herbert, but Brandon Staley needs to get this right for Brandon Staley. Very incentivized. And Telesco, too, probably. Yeah, uh, absolutely, and Telesco, because I feel like, honestly, you know, all of these people are are tied together. If Justin Herbert does well, then Brandon Staley is going to do well, and Tom Telesco is going to be able to stay on. If Justin Herbert does not do well, and it's obvious that he has the tools to be able to perform at an elite level, if that does not take place now with everything that we know, Tom Telesco is probably gone, Brandon Staley has gone, and you're probably going to have another offensive coordinator when you get the new coach and the new general manager coming in to the building. But yes, don't get don't let this get twisted. This is one of the most attractive places to be able to come play because of Justin Herbert. He is 24 years old. He is really walking into the prime of his career where he's about to make a boatload of money. And that's another reason why the Chargers need to make sure that they get this right because they're about to pay him a lot of money and they better be able to get the most out of him. Hundred percent. I mean, that is, you got to get the return on your investment and quarterbacks. I mean, if you're great, if you're elite, you pay that investment back tenfold, right? But oh, yeah. there are some bad ones out there. There are Russell Wilsons and the Kyler Murrays, where it's yeah. a little scary when you get in those positions, especially with all that guaranteed money. What you want to see this new offensive coordinator do is just really unlock Justin Herbert's potential in the ways that these other offensive coordinators have it. And I think that's the biggest thing, right? I mean, Darius Swinton got fired last year. They went through the process and they went out of their comfort zone, out of their coaching street and coaching tree and brought in Ryan Ficken, who they had no ties with. And he turned one of the worst special teams units in the NFL All star into a, I think it was sixth in DVOA last year. I Just mean, ridiculous, like complete makeover. Right. And, and that didn't have to do with relationships, which we know are huge for Brandon Staley. Yeah, right. We do. You have to be able to go in there and be like, as messed up as it is, this is where Joe Lombardi did it wrong. Oh right? yeah. This is where Shane Steichen in 2020 did it wrong. This yeah. is the untapped potential. This is how I'm going to make life easier on Justin Herbert. This is how I'm going to find a running game to support Justin Herbert, right? Like, there's so yeah. many different things, but I think, you know, getting his legs more involved. Like, there's just certain parts of his game that you really want to see expand, and there's definitely untapped potential, David, that is waiting there for someone to potentially come in and unlock. Yeah, I see a lot of Josh Allen's abilities in Justin Herbert. Oh, and sure. I don't understand why we can't incorporate, and I understand why the, he didn't run as much this year, obviously, with that rib injury, but that seems to me that it should be part of the offense. Okay. Because Justin Herbert is big enough to be able to withstand some of those type of elements. And I'm not talking about running as recklessly or as often as Josh Allen, but it should be part of the offense because we know Justin Herbert is fast. We know this guy can really get some yards uh, with his legs. He is that type of athlete. Um, But I feel like the biggest indictment is, is with that big arm of Justin Herbert, the f- two seasons that Joe Lombardi was the offensive coordinator playing calls, the Chargers were 19th in explosive pass rate. 
that's that's from Daniel Popper of the Athletic. That is unacceptable with yeah. the the type of arm talent that he has, and I feel like that's directly correlated to the play calling. And you know, some of that is Justin Herbert, right? I mean, we know that sure. he is a very very fast processor, and he does go through those progressions quickly, maybe a little too quickly, but that might be part of what someone who comes into the building can try to change about Justin Herbert and maybe help him just wait that little extra second to be able to make that play down the field, but not enough explosive plays when you know that there is a lot more out there from Justin Herbert to put onto the field. Yeah. And I think you have to push him to be more aggressive. I mean, I think is part of what comes along with this, right? Be like, Hey, I know this could seem, like it, the best decision here is to go check down, but you have to let it rip to open things up more underneath that you have to yeah. make him earn it. And hopefully you get somebody who's going to give him more of those situations with better throwing windows and yeah. just a more creative offense. That'll keep other teams a little bit more on their toes and with a better running game, keep them out of such obvious passing situations, where it's Please. just going to make it tough on every quarterback, right? That's no matter who you have. But I do think that one of the biggest things to me that this new offensive coordinator needs to do, make Justin realize how good that dude is because oh, like, yeah. it sometimes, you know, there's been a lot about it. It seems like that dude is the last one to kind of know that he's a freak of nature. Yeah. Very unassuming. Alien. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, we saw a little bit more creep out this year, but I'm afraid that he's going to close back up with a new guy, with a new offense quarter, with a new Q- QB coach, right? He did have a good, you I know, think that's such a great point, day. Daniel, really t- taking him out of his shell and kind of like saying, Hey, Justin, like, you are that dude. Like yeah. you are him. You are a guy that can make any throw in the field. And we need to see that kind of swagger come out all the time. And I understand that that's not exactly who you are, but I think you've established yourself in the NFL now here through three years, sure. being pretty much one of the most historic quarterbacks in NFL history through his first three seasons in the NFL. It's I think you've earned that right to be able to come out of your shell, really show that swagger, show that ability, kind of talk a little bit of mess, you know, talk a little trash, go out there and (laughs) and really, you know, just unlock that charisma because that ability is there. And, you know, I'd like to see that come out a little bit more. I mean, just unlocking that um, that competitor might be uh, one of the keys to him taking that next step. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we're going to see him openly trash talk anyone. I think you're nah. going crazy. That's a bold <laughs> prediction on your That'd part. Be, yes. Um, but, I mean, I would love to see, you know, Philip Rivers 90 yards, you know. Yes, like, I don't know amazing. if we're going to see that. But, like, <laughs> it, the competitive fire is in there. You can oh, see definitely. it. You can yeah. tell, you know, him sitting at his empty locker well after the game's over, the last one in the locker room, just sitting there in his pads. I mean, I did. I remember my last, you know, high school football game. I kind of did that for a little while. Like that is someone who cares deeply about the game and isn't letting on how much he cares or how excited he is. And that's the terrible thing is like, we saw him get fired up a little bit in that Jaguars game. He was getting pumped up on the sideline. I want to see more of that, but that's this new offensive coordinator says, Hey, even if you're not letting that out to everyone else, yeah, I need you to know inside you're a dog, bro. Yes. Like you are that dude and you need yes. to act like that dude and you need to bomb it down the field and, and make people pay for trying to play man and press your team and, and trying to do certain things and, and think they can stop you from going deep. Somebody needs to find that in him and find him or at least make him know how good he is. But yeah, me and you were talking before the show too. It's going to take more than an offensive coordinator, right? It, yes. It's going to take personnel decisions to explosive receivers and explosive tight end, more dynamic, better all around tight end, a better running game, continuing to build depth in the offensive line. There's no magic fix. 
at offensive coordinator. It's not going to change everything. The personnel was a big issue as well. But there is one candidate that seems to make a lot of sense if he doesn't get a head coaching job, and that is Frank Reich, who is very familiar with the Chargers because he's already been the Chargers offensive coordinator. How did that go under Mike McCoy? Not great. So we're going to talk about why we like him and don't like him potentially during this cycle and if he can make sense as a veteran offensive coordinator for Brandon Staley coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast is BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college ball <laughs> to college football to basketball to baseball, everything else you're looking for, you can find bets for it at BetOnline.net. One of the things I love prop bets i'm looking for all the players during the playoffs and what they're going to do to score a touchdown making them together putting a parlay together all of those great things you can do and you can do live in-game betting if you're trying to change your fortune just don't be like that guy who bet a million dollars on the chargers when they were up 27 to zero because that was terrible but if you love sports podcasts you can also find those there and they're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at bet online where the game starts I mean, I know I was salty, Dan, but a million dollars? Oh, my goodness. I think it was I like 1.3 million to win like $11,000. Yeah, just because it's like, how could any team? We're not going to talk about that. What we will talk about is Frank Reich. Frank Reich is a very familiar name to Chargers fans, at least, you know, pre-LA Charger fans because he was San Diego offensive coordinator for the Chargers yep. and Phillip Rivers back in the day. Was also Phillip Rivers' quarterback coach when he came in with Mike McCoy, someone who is much maligned, <laughs> to be fair. And, oh, and yeah. Frank Reich's offensive coordinatorship with the Chargers didn't go great the first time, right? And it was bad in a lot of ways. So I understand people's kind of hesitance to rehash, right? Not to go for somebody new and creative, going for someone they've used before. But David, what do you think about Frank Reich? This is a guy who just got fired kind of crazily in the middle of the season by the Colts to for them to hire Jeff Saturday. And now he could be available for the Chargers. Maybe the stars have lined up. What do you think about if they were to try to make a run for Frank Reich? Yeah, I mean, I, I like it, actually. I mean, lo looking at his entire body of work, it just seems like to me, every time he has a good quarterback, he does extremely well, and, and they, they win a lot of games. I mean, in 2013, when he was the QB coach for Phillip Rivers, he had a career year, 69.5% uh, you know, completion percentage and a passer rating over 105.5. In 2018, he helped Andrew Luck win that Comeback Player of the Year award. He has had, you know, also, excuse me, I even glossed over the fact that he won a, a Super Bowl championship in 2017 with the Eagles as an offensive coordinator. So anytime he's had good to competent quarterback play, he has won at pretty much every place that he's been to. I judge coordinators based on a few things and everybody has a different kind of, you know, path to get there. So you can't see all of those things. Like what I wish I could see from Frank Reich is what this dude would have been able to do if he had Andrew Luck as his quarterback, right? He got yeah. so snake bitten, taking a job that was supposed to go to Josh McDaniels, and he steps in after Josh McDaniels flakes out of it and runs back to the Patriots. Weird. And then after he does that, he's like, I just had this franchise dude, one of the most highly touted prospects ever, dude who's already a Pro Bowl level, all pro kind of player. Yeah. Right in the prime of his career, right? Those dudes play until they're 35 now. You know, look at Aaron yeah. Rodgers, not to mention, you know, Tom Brady and all these other guys. You can play yeah. well into your 30s 40, and still be yeah. yeah, super productive. Like, Andrew Luck just out of nowhere just retires. Like, and then he gets stuck with Jacoby Brissett and felt like he got the most out of Jacoby Brissett. Oh, yeah. Those are Philip Rivers. Felt like he got the most out of Philip Rivers. 
they should have made the playoffs last year with Carson Wentz. Yeah. Like that's, that's insane. Nobody should make the playoffs well, that ever. version of Carson Wentz too. The guy right. that went to three or four different places after winning, a, you know, a Super Bowl and not, and that's where we didn't get to see to that same type of player, you know, totally. And that's the other thing is like, we wish we could have seen what he could have done with Carson Wentz had he stayed healthy. Right. Because yeah. in 2017, the chargers played them that year. It was the, yeah. you know, Laguerre Blunt stuffed the ball down your throat, like seven minute drive to end the game that year. Yeah. And Carson Wentz was like an MVP level player yeah and everything changed level. he got hurt and it was totally different but you never know with like doug peterson how much of that was him but i think one of the sure. biggest you know issues that a lot of people have is remembering how bad the chargers running game was when he was the offensive coordinator in 14 15 and he was fired in 2015 but the rushing offense was 31st and 32nd in his two years as an offensive coordinator a lot of shotgun draws i like to think that was the mike mccoy special he's oh, yeah. run very good offenses since then but this is what makes me feel better about that specifically because ever since then, he's had been on good rushing teams. I mean, since leaving the Chargers, he's been part of a top 11 rushing yards offense in five of the seven seasons since he's left. The only time he finished outside the top 20 in rushing yards was this last season, right? Yeah. And they obviously had a lot going on there, offensive line regress, and you had Matt Ryan to try to work with. Matt Ryan is the only guy that... Frank Reich hasn't been able to seemingly get the most yeah, out of but, but Matt hard Ryan to imagine was, that was absolutely done before that season even started. He fell off a physical cliff. Horrible last season. It was bad. Physically not the same dude, no. right? And, and I mean, I wonder what Philip Rivers thought about him. But either way, like he helped Nick <laughs> Sirianni get the Eagles coaching job. He's been yep. dealt terrible hands. And as far as quarterbacks, the Colts did not do a good job getting him a quarterback after they ended up losing Andrew Luck. And I just I like what I've seen. I mean, he's been able to do it with pretty much everyone he's been with. Like you said, I mean, when he has good quarterbacks, he usually has a good team. He torched Bill Belichick in a Super Bowl. That's always going to make me like you more. But he went yes. 10 and 6 with Andrew Luck, 11 and 5 with Phillip Rivers, 9 and 8 with Carson Wentz. Seems like this dude always gets the most out of who he's had. And that's exactly what you want for Justin Herbert, someone who's going to come in and get the most out of him. And he has experience. He has experience as a head coach. He has experience as a coordinator. To help Brandon Staley, yeah. experience winning championships. You know how important that pedigree is for Brandon Staley. He looked at that in the players that he brought in through free agency. And helping Brandon Staley out, who is still a new coach. He's only been in the league for, you know, as a head coach for two seasons. So bringing in a guy with that type of experience to help guide him, to be another voice in the room, to you know, just to be able to move him along as a coach. I don't think that's a bad idea either. It's a great point because Brand Steele might need some more veteran leadership around him. And that's, you know, one of the reasons we talked about offense coordinators yesterday, because we were saying, Hey, there's no chance Joe Lombardi doesn't get fired during the cycle, which is why we said that there was no chance that no coaches get fired. Yeah. But when talking about Ronaldo Hill and potentially if they could go for both new coordinators, that was kind of the one of the biggest points is like, can you bring in someone who's a veteran that can help you, you know, be a bigger part of the play calling process, yeah. be a bigger part of the in-game adjustments process and be a veteran voice for you on the sideline because you're having to deal with a lot of other things besides just making the defensive play calls. Right. And that's a, one of the biggest reasons, you know, why Nathaniel Hackett can be a good offensive coordinator and a terrible head coach. Like there's just so much that comes along with it. And we've seen Brandon Steely trip up in those situations, right? I mean, yeah. going from, you know, playing your last all your starters in the last game of the season, like maybe Frank Reich is a type of guy, maybe, you know, a veteran defensive coordinator is a type of guy who can reason with you and maybe guide you in a different direction. Right. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of benefits to getting him some veteran leadership and trying to get the most out of him, because I think with Brandon Staley, I mean, 
you're right. He's most incentivized to get this right. And, and the Chargers need oh, yeah. to get this right for Justin Herbert. If they can get a guy who seemingly has gotten the most out of his quarterbacks and can improve the Chargers running game, like I think that's not a, an option that you can take lightly. I get what people's reservations are from it. But it just seems like it would make a lot of sense. And the thing is, too, he's probably going to get a head coaching job. So, like, it might not yeah. even be a thing. Like, he's going – it would be it, it would almost surprise me more if he doesn't end up with one of these jobs that are available. But also admit this. Like, people, listen. Like, when you first started your job, you know, whatever you're doing, I'm sure you weren't great at it. You got better over time. I mean, he is not a first-time offensive coordinator anymore. He was yeah. his first time around with the Chargers. He has been a couple of other places, got some great experience from those places, and ultimately and inevitably improved his game as a coordinator, as a play caller. So you have to kind of look at it through that lens as well. Don't just stay you know, attached to what you saw when he was first with the Chargers. Everyone gets better the more that they do things. So you got to give him a little bit of that benefit of the doubt. And that's why me and David will never re-release the archives of our first shows doing Locked on Chargers because you Ugh. have to give people time to grow. I can't go back and listen to that. I'll never do it again. Burn really bad. Yeah. Burn all of the tapes. But it, I think he's an option. And, and as this process goes, we don't know how quickly they're going to decide on their new offensive coordinator. It could take a couple days. It could take a couple weeks. We don't know yeah. at this point. So to try to give a full picture of everyone working with 10 minute segments like we do we're going to try to break it down you know and start doing different guys and we'll go over some more candidates as well there's a few guys out there that can make a lot of sense and we will still get into them but tomorrow we'll be back with you guys because brandon staley is getting up on the podium because it looks like here he is officially safe at this point we'll hear what he has to say about this season and the debacle and the way it ended really the last two weeks of the year after things were really going great and then thursday tom telesco who's still employed will get up on the podium and start answering more questions about where this kind of season went wrong and hopefully I have to answer some personnel questions as well but that is going to do it for today's show to make sure you guys never miss a show though make sure you're going and subscribing wherever you get your podcast from or following on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you get your podcast from and subscribing to the lockdown Chargers youtube channel as well if you guys want to make sure you don't miss the show make sure you're hitting us up on all of our social media because we post the show to all of those as well you can find us on Twitter at LockdownLAC, and you can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at JuroTalkSD. I also want to say, hey, guys, I know we were supposed to do a Chargers fan mail bag show today. It's here. I'm sorry. I love you. You're the one that brought up Frank Reich like a couple weeks ago, though, so good for you. We will be getting to all those questions. We're not going to be, you know, not using some of the questions we did get in voicemails. We did get. We're going to have plenty of time for Chargers mail bags. We do have some real news, and we'll have some stuff the next couple of days. So we'll get back to that as soon as we can. You can also find us in the show on our Instagram at Locked on Chargers, and you can also find our Locked on Chargers Facebook page where we'll put posts out for the questions when we do it as well. If you guys want to call into the voicemail line, you can do that at 323-524-7924. And also, you can always find us on our YouTube and wherever you get your podcast from for free and available every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. If you need a second listen, make sure to check out the Locked on NFL podcast getting up to date with everything going on around the league. You know, we all you covered on the Chargers, but that is one way that I use to help me keep up with everything else around the NFL because there's a lot that goes on. So make sure you guys check that out wherever you get your podcast from as well. But be back here tomorrow because we're going to be reacting to what Brandon Staley has to say. There's some questions we want to hear answered. Hopefully we get that. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.